There's a whole lot of things I want to tell you about. Adventures, dangerous and Everyone has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alex Taffy. Hello, wonderful Gender Stories listeners, and welcome to another episode with your host, Dr. Alex Taffy. And I'm thrilled to introduce somebody who I've met at Podcast Movement Conference 2019 in Orlando this year. I always meet the most interesting people at the conference. And this year, I met Dan Hines, who is um, an MBA, as well as a gentle soul and financial coach behind Adulting with Money. And I've been delving into Dan's work, and it's very interesting. For six years, Dan has taught newlyweds how to be on the same page with money and stop money fights even before they start. You could see as a family therapist, this was very appealing to me. It's 20,000 plus word ebook, How to Talk About Money with Your Spouse, The Ultimate Guide, teaches couples how to focus on meaningful lifelong habits and sprinkles in some helpful hacks. And I think that money is one of those really challenging subjects for a lot of people. So that's why I was really interested to being done on the show and talk about kind of the gender aspects of money a little bit. And uh, Dan is also um, going to give a, a present to all of you listeners and that uh, there's a link to download a free guide at adultingwithmoney.com slash GS for gender stories. And I'll give you that link again towards um, the end of the interview. But for now, welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for making time to be on our show. I really appreciate it. Yes, Dr. Alex, it was great to meet you. And thank you so much for, for having me on the show. Oh, you're so welcome. Anything that forgotten in your introduction that you would like to? No, that was, <laughs> that was fantastic. No, I'm, I am super happy with that introduction. <laughs> That's great. Well, like I said in the introduction, I was really fascinated by your work because as a family therapist, I see people argue about things like money, sex, religion, kind yes. of all those kind of things all the time, right? So money is one of the big ones. So I'm really interested how you came up with this idea of adulting with money. Where does this come <laughs> from? Why are you doing this work? What's going sure. on? Yeah. So I, I mean, I guess really the, the origin story is that right after my wife and I got married, uh, we were living in an apartment together and I was sitting on the couch and I could see like the front door of the apartment. And this was just a couple months after we'd gotten married and she walked in with these large bags from Target. And I think there were pillows in the bags. That's why they were so big uh, to begin with. And the first thought that I had was, what the F did she buy this time? But then the second mm -hmm. thought was, I need to never think that again. I mean, here we are newlyweds and only a couple months into it. And I'm already like mad about how she's spending money. Uh, and I quickly realized I need to not think that. So that really started my journey on... Um, how are we going to start to combine our finances? And we did some premarital counseling. Uh, in fact, there was a book. Um, oh, gosh, I think it was called uh, 10 Great Dates to Go On Before You Get Married. Um, mm. 
or, you know, and there are other books much like that where it's, you know, you each read uh, a chapter of the book and you set a date and then you talk about it. So you talk about, you know, religion, money, kids, um, buying a house, you know, all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And we did talk about money and we said, oh, we what we wanted to do originally was let's have our separate accounts and one like big joint account to, to handle those big joint finances. But you get to, you know, you're planning the wedding, you have the wedding, you have the honeymoon, you got the thank you notes and the thank you cards. And then you just kind of go back to regular life and we didn't really come back to the money stuff. And so, um, but then the problem was I got really deep into personal finance, but my wife didn't, <laughs> you know, she wasn't like all gung ho about budgeting or anything of that stuff. Mm. So then the second hurdle was to say, well, I kind of know what I'm talking about, but then how do we do this together? And mm. that's where I found a lacking in the, um, you know, the literature out there, the books that I was finding is that a lot of the personal finance books are these single people talking about how you can handle your money. But there weren't a lot of married people saying, here's how you can handle your money together. And so that's where I was like, well, you know, I needed help. And so I kind of tested it out uh, as a business idea. And I've been getting clients, uh, coaching clients, and I'm starting a new online course. And um, it's it's going pretty good. So I, apparently there's a need out there. And I'm, Absolutely. And I'm I think the need is very real. I want to go back to that moment. That was such a beautiful moment you described. You know, yeah. your wife comes in with the speed <laughs> bags and, and there's just pillows in there, right? But you're like, what has happened? And then you thought, I never want to think that again. I don't want to be in this position. Yeah. I, I'm very curious about why is it that you thought, I never want to think about this again what was it that gave you a little bit of a red flag that that wasn't an okay thought that was going to really nourish your marriage Mm -hmm. that's a really good question i think it really kind of comes back to just uh my goals i mean fortunately my parents are still together they're they haven't hit their 50 year anniversary mark yet um but you know my parents are together both sets of my grandparents were only one marriage. And so in my mind, you know, marriage is is a lifelong thing. Like you are all in unless something absolutely terrible happens, which which I, I'm sure you can talk more about. Um, but in my mind, I have always thought, okay, well, I need to make good decisions to help make this marriage last decades, decades. And I, well, I joke with my wife. I say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're eight years into marriage. We've only got 52 left at 60. I'm finding someone new, (laughs) but, but I always joke. I mean, it's really just to say, well, um, how are we going to make decisions to make this last? And so I guess because of my goal and what I want out of my relationship is when I had that thought, it conflicted with Mm -hmm. what my goals really are is to say, wow, I'm only like a couple months into this and I'm already feeling this bad. So um, I've got to change something in order to make this marriage last. So that's, I think that's Mm. where that. That's beautiful. And uh, it's so great that you recognize this so early on, right? Because there are so many stereotypes when it comes to money, I think, and couples out there, especially kind of um, more kind of dominant culture, straight couples, right? The man makes the money and the wife spends it, you know, those kind of Right, that's kind of yeah. tropes, right? And, and I wonder how yeah. much those kind oh, of yeah. tropes are so popular in kind of media or TV or cinema, kind of where part of that thinking, you know, that you see the big bags coming in and there's a thought that you're like, that's not even consistent with my values. And so I wonder if you've ever thought about where yeah. do your stories and your client stories about money come from? Like how much do they come from family of origin? How much do they come from like movies, TVs, books, that kind of stuff? 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I haven't really considered it much, but it is something I keep thinking about more because I'm trying to, I, I catch myself too. So a uh, quick example just from yesterday is that I, I've launched a new online course uh, and there, you know, the, a, a large majority, you know, 99% of the uh, people on my email list didn't buy, which is normal for, for online marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I sent out a survey to say, hey, you know, you had the chance to buy, why didn't you buy? You know, just to learn um, if I didn't sell well enough or, or, or what the reasons were. And someone uh, answered back in the survey and it's anonymous. So I don't know who it is or their name, uh, but they said, uh, well, I didn't buy the course about, you know, handling money together with my partner. And that their reason was because mm -hmm. I don't have a joint account. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I mean, that doesn't seem like much of an option. But to go back to the gender part is that in my mind, I'm like, oh, a dude totally wrote that. Great. Yeah. Why <laughs> like in why my mind, it's a dude, you know, and so. Yeah, exactly. And so but then I realized, wait, this this survey is anonymous. And here I am about to talk to Dr. Alex about gender stories. And I've you know, I quickly realized to say, oh, you know, it I, I have no idea what uh, gender this person is that wrote that. Mm -hmm. But I caught myself to say, oh, well, I thought it was a dude that <laughs> that would be so insensitive. So um, as I catch myself and I, as I catch myself thinking these things, I'm I also start to catch it in my clients is that when I'm talking to them and they say certain phrases or they think a certain way, you know, I try to highlight to say, well, you know, it's, you know, and certainly I'm not a therapist, so I don't dig too deeply into people's past, but just to highlight to say, well, here's how we can start to move forward. Um, and I also keep an eye out for avoiding those stereotypes when I'm helping people, because certainly I've had couples um, where the uh, the female is more dominant, where she mm -hmm. is like the the penny pincher, and she really wants to control things. Uh, and the husband is a bit more um, laid back. And of course, that's just assuming that they're a straight mm -hmm. <laughs> straight couple to begin with. Um, but then I've had other couples, um, gay couples as well, um, that I you you start to see that masculine and feminine uh, mm -hmm. traits in each of them. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to learn about them and accept them and figure out okay, how can I take how they are as a couple right now and help them towards their goals. Um, and so that's really, that's kind of where my coaching comes in is to just see them who they are and then how do we move forward or how can I help them find their way? Absolutely. I love the idea of kind of meeting with them where they're at. Right. And then taking from there. And it sounds like then yeah. you can mm -hmm. kind of do that gentle challenging of like, maybe those beliefs are not so helpful or maybe those beliefs are more helpful. So talking mm -hmm. about that, what do you yes. think are the beliefs that are helpful or unhelpful when it comes to money? Like what, what is most helpful? What is most unhelpful, especially for couples when handling joint finances? Mm -hmm. One, um, I guess, idea that I have is I, I guess I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to like personality quizzes is that I think, you know, doing a disc or trying to define yourself as a saver or a spender or uh, trying to say, well, you know, Enneagram or, you know, Myers-Briggs or all that stuff, uh, you know, love mm -hmm. languages, things of that nature are helpful in the fact that they help uncover some things, but you have to be careful you don't put yourself or your partner into a box is to say, oh, they're a saver. Thus, they never want to spend on anything. And that's never that, that's not true. We all have 
in our hearts, the things that we love to spend money on. And I, and I think Ramit Sethi, uh, in his book, um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, um, the new version, not the old version, the new version, he starts to talk about this as well with like money dials, is we all kind of have that thing that we love to spend money on, but then there are things we just don't care about. And we will penny pinch to the day we die <laughs> on, on certain things because we just really don't care. And so when I am talking with couples, I'm trying to figure out kind of what their uh, likes and dislikes are, but I don't want them to put each other in any sort of box. Like, oh, my wife mm -hmm. always does this. Like, okay, that's that's terrible language to use in a relationship, any relationship, uh, because you're putting yourself or your partner into a box um, and trying to highlight that and to say, okay, well, maybe they're a saver in this regard, but I bet they're a spender somewhere else and try to find those nuances in the relationship. So, so anyone listening, you know, it's a, yes, it's good to know that you're a saver and spender in some things, or maybe in general, but don't let that, I don't find you need to let that define you when it comes to everything. I love what you're talking about, because I mean, you know, the whole premise of gender stories is, uh, we all have relationships with gender, but it's okay to expand out of those tiny, tiny boxes. And I love that that's what you're yeah, doing with mm -hmm. money, right? It's like, don't put yourself in a box just because you have a tendency to spend or a tendency to save. It doesn't mean that's all you are. There's so much more to you as a person in relationship with money, right? And so I love that. Well, yeah. what has been your biggest satisfaction as you do this work, right? You've been doing this work a little while and coaching clients and mm, writing your book. Yeah. What has been the thing that has given you the most joy or at least the message that, yes, this is why I do this? Sure. I think what gives me the most joy, well, there's really kind of two things. One is that I think in general, I love to see the light bulb go off in people's eyes where they're like, oh, and they, they just get it like something clicks, you know, as, as a teacher and a coach and a mentor. I love seeing that. Um, but second is that I also, you know, when I'm helping my clients, especially if they're not in the area with me um, and I'm we're doing a video call, I love to see them start to interact better mm. as a couple. That's really because what I'm getting towards is that, yeah, money is a problem and it's something we need to figure out. And I love teaching about it. But it's also that relationship is that if I'm helping them grow stronger as a couple and as a team, mm. oh, it, it makes me feel so good. <laughs> and so it's just like I get, you know, because usually they're on like the couch together with a laptop on the um you know, the, the, the end table or whatever. And so I can see them like almost start to cuddle. And then like, I, I can see the, the body language change and that, that makes me feel great. I'm like, okay, I've done something. That's amazing. So it's really not about money. It's about creating connection, but it's through addressing this obstacle almost through money. Through that money. is really beautiful. It's uh, yes. you are doing family therapy in some sense because you're, you're getting people to talk <laughs> about a difficult subject with support, right? It's kind of absolutely what, yes. what a great thing to do. Um, and like you said, you've worked with a broad range of folks, you know, um, opposite gender couples, same gender yes. couples. Have you noticed whether people tend mm -hmm. to struggle with similar things or different things or kind of any anything that you've noticed when it comes to kind of different gender combinations for newlyweds? Well, I guess... Um one common thread through everybody is really it boils down to a little bit of power and control mm -hmm. uh, and i don't mean like extreme power and control but it's in general our society especially in the united states we are getting married 
at an older and older age. Uh, you know, we're waiting longer and longer to get married. We're waiting longer and longer to have kids. And I, you know, part of that is then we have been out on our own longer. You know, we've had our own apartments, we've had our own roommates, we've had our own cars, our own student debt, our own loans, our own bank accounts. And so it's, you, you've learned <laughs> how to handle money well, as best as you can on your own. Um, but then now you're trying to figure out how to be better with money and be married mm. and try to combine everything. And so it, it even, you know, regardless of gender, it just comes down to is how do I, what do I want personally? And then what do we want as a couple and as a team? And how do we negotiate that? How do we navigate that? Um, and so honest to goodness, the the worst clients I've had are those that aren't yet mm. engaged or married uh, because they're still, you know, they still kind of have an mm. exit strategy. They're still like, they're, they're still a trap door that they can take. And so they really don't put all their heart and energy into dealing with these financial mm. issues as a couple because they're still like they could still leave they're still kind of that option and and so the best couples that i've worked with are those that are just like okay we're committed now mm -hmm. now you know whether or not you you buy into the marriage you know construct and th that you actually want to get married you know it it would be different if it was like a committed couple but they don't really plan to get engaged or married, so to speak. So that's, that would be fine too. I'd love to help them. Um, and so, and so, and that's why, you know, when it comes to my website, when it comes to uh, signing up clients, that's why I'm really like, I want you to be engaged or married because if you're not in on this team, then I'm not going to be able, able to help you. Um, I might as well just teach you as individuals and call it a day. Um, and so that's where, um, there's a mindset shift that, that needs to happen. So, uh, certainly I haven't seen, you know, that's, I've seen it yes. in both all sorts of things. I hear that because it sounds <laughs> yeah. like really what you're looking for is, are you committed to do this as a team, as you said, right? So you want people yes. who are looking mm -hmm. at this as a team effort and not just as individuals dealing with their individual finances, because that's a different ball game, right? And what you do is really help the yeah. system, this this kind of the, the relationship to handle money. And I love what you said about power and control. Exactly. I mean, yes, absolutely. Power and control are huge issues <laughs> um, in relationship and they're huge issues when it comes to money. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about those tropes in kind of TVs and movies and songs even and, and uh, culture, basically. Do you think there are stereotypes when it comes to like money, power and control that are not helpful, that you're trying to kind of push against almost in your work when you when you're working with folks gosh that's a good question i think fortunately i have been working with younger couples so millennials um and not many mm -hmm. gen xers and not maybe not many baby boomers um and so but when you at least with baby boomers certainly uh on the male side of things there are stereotypes that are still really mm -hmm. fighting people not all baby boomers yeah. I, you know I don't, i'm not gonna put everyone into a, a, a single box um but it's it's it seems to have been getting better so i'm thinking of one couple that was fantastic um and um you know it's the 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 they were engaged and so the bride um she was definitely more uh detail oriented and wanted everything to be in its place um and the um groom was more free-flowing more creative type of person so he you could call him a, a more of a spender uh if you wanted to uh and the the bride to be more of a of a saver 
Um, but fortunately, I didn't find, you know, that there were any stereotypes mm. that were stopping them. Um, it really, they, all of my conversations when I'm working with people, fortunately, we really get down to like, what's, what's your personality? How are you thinking about this? How are you feeling about this? And going from partner to partner and, and, and defining kind of where their lines are. Um, and so I haven't found that yet. Uh, it might still come up <laughs> in the future, um, but it's mm -hmm. something I'm on the lookout for. If well. there was one thing that you could kind of give all your clients, you know, there's as a family therapist, sometimes I think, okay, if I had a magic wand and I could magically give one thing to all of my clients, <laughs> for me, that would be like self-compassion, sure. right? I think that's such a, an important thing for people uh, to have. And I wonder if there's one for you as a money coach, basically, if there was one thing that you want all your mm -hmm. clients to get or all your clients to understand or give themselves, what would that one thing be? Ooh, gosh, that is a great question. Um, you know, I've been reading just this mm -hmm. week, the five love languages. I'd never read it before. And so I'm, I've, I'm almost all the way through it. Uh, but it, the, the lessons in that book, along with many other books and what I'm trying to teach as well, is that it's okay if your partner doesn't think the same way about money as you do. That's fine. You can make it work. There's going to be, but but then you have to be willing to compromise is to say, you know, where, what am I going to give up to get what I want and vice versa. But then it's also along with that is you have to have joint goals is that, you know, if you both want something as a team, like you both want a house or you both want kids, then that's where you start is you start with that joint goal is that we as a team want this. And so then every decision that you're making about money mm. ties back to that larger goal. And it, and it ties back to that to say, oh, okay, so we're saying no to something or we're compromising something in order to get this larger goal. And I think that's where a lot of the, the fights and the conflict come in is to say, well, they haven't sat down and decided this is what we want. Uh, but once you decide that and then it makes all the decisions like, oh, okay, there's a reason why I'm giving something out. And so to, to put a little bit of a lighter spin on this, you know, I, uh, you know, I love Oreos. I love eating Oreos. But if I'm going to say no to Oreos, there needs to be a really good reason why. Like if I'm going to give up Oreos and I'm going to give up ice cream, there's there's got to be something that I'm going after. Otherwise, I'm going to have some. I'm going to have some in moderation. <laughs> um, and so the same goes with money, uh, whether it's getting out of debt, saving up for a house, um, you know, having kids, all of those things, or just saving up for a wedding and say, oh, you know, there's this big thing that we're going after, our mission our purpose uh, and then all the decisions. That is wonderful that. because again, it's this idea that you are helping people think of themselves as a team, right? These are not just individuals in a relationship. Yes. This is not a competition. This is a team effort. So however you decide to manage your finances, yes. you are going to have some common goals, right? Which it's, it's a beautiful way to go about exactly. it. So when we started to kind of talk about the idea of doing this interview, one of the things you said, you were like, you know, I talk about money, gender is not really your lens, gender is my lens. And so one of the things that I'm curious right. about is as we've been having this conversation is what it has been like for you to be asked those questions about like gender dynamics or to think about money through this lens, if you've noticed anything as you were thinking about the questions or, um, yeah, I'm just curious about that process. What mm -hmm. was it like for you? Sure. 
Well, it's I guess what it's really been like for me is that I'm I'm naturally a curious person, um, and so I want to learn more things and I want to understand. You know, one of the most influential books on me was um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and one of the habits in that book is um, to seek first to understand, and then to be understood. And I've really tried to Im- imbue that in me as a uh, as as a way of living, and so. Um, when it comes to gender, it's certainly, you know, if, if you were to have mm-hmm. cisgender in the dictionary, you could put <laughs> my face right next to it. Like it, it, it you know, I've, I, I've never really questioned it. I've, I've been a boy from the beginning, as far as I can understand, but it's also even me saying that I feel a little bit nervous because it's, I haven't, um, immersed myself in the language of, of, of gender, uh, and how, where all those nuances are. And so it's been, I guess, a little bit scary and a little bit fun to be asked these questions because then it's kind of testing me in what I think and what I know and what I don't know. Um, but then it, but then I say, okay, well now that I've learned something new, how does that help me help others? And so it's, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, it's a little bit scary and I certainly don't want to say the wrong things, but as my knowledge, uh, and my viewpoints have been tested, then I, it, it helps me grow stronger. Um, so it's, you know, a little bit I of scary. It, a little it's bit of more fun <laughs> than scary. And, and it's gender is so interesting, right? Cause we do it all the time and don't even think about it. It's like that scene that you described at the beginning of the interview, you know, of your wife coming in with the big bags and you think, oh no, what did she buy? Which is such a gender dynamic that often, you know, we don't break yeah. down, but that, that is in some ways also about gender. And I love what you said about the curiosity and then thinking, okay, so now that I am seeing things through this new lens, what does that, how does that inform me moving forward? Right. So I do have that question for you, kind of mm-hmm. having had right. this conversation, having thought about money through the lens of gender, do you think it will make a difference to your work moving forward in any way? Yeah, I think so because it. If okay. you know, Thank gosh. So uh, let me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to form <laughs> as I'm talking at the same time. And really, I guess what it comes down to is that as I start to recognize how um, stereotypes affect my thinking, then I can start to recognize it in others, no matter what their gender is or what their background is that if I can recognize when they're kind of dipping into a stereotype, I can start to question that for them is to say, well, is that really true? Um, and that's really how you start to get people to, to think differently is to not to attack them, but to say, well, is that true in every single case? Um, because, you know, going back to my wife bringing in those bags, you know, it's, you know, I, I first thought, you know, what did she buy this time? But then as I started to think about it more, it's like, well, you know, here I am. I was a financial advisor and I had just bought like a thousand dollars worth of suits and shirts and ties. And so she could easily turn around and say the same thing as me. And so it's to to have that empathy and try to put myself in her shoes to say, well, you know, I'm not perfect either (laughs) just because I'm a guy or I'm supposed to be good with money or whatever the stereotype might be um, is to, to try to question that a bit and to say, well, you know, how, you know, is this in the way 
of them becoming a better team? Or is this something we need to work through in order for them to make better decisions? Um, and most, I, I would say most of the time, stereotypes are <laughs> damaging and need to be overcome. Um, but it's to say, well, it, but also as a coach, I said, well, I need to focus on what's important first. Let's, let's fix the most important problems and, and go from there. That's really great. Absolutely. And it's thinking, I love that lens of, you know, what does this open up? What does this close down? You know, and what, how is this getting in the way of your goals? Really great stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so enjoying this conversation. I feel okay. like I could talk forever, but I want to be <laughs> respectful of your time. And so one of the questions I always ask sure. is, is there anything that I have not asked you about that you were really excited to talk about and that I've missed or anything that you want uh, my listeners to know? Sure. I think one last thing, especially if you are uh, in a relationship and you're thinking about handling money together is about joint accounts. Um, and so that's usually the big question, like, should we get a joint account? How do we get a joint account? Um, and honest to goodness, my advice is always to start with that priority list. Start with those goals, because when you start to think about separate accounts and joint accounts and joint credit cards and credit scores and all that stuff, they're more logistics. They're more tools that you could use if you want to, but you don't have to. What's more important is, are you having great conversations? Are, do you understand each other? Do you have those goals? That has to come first. Um, and so, you know, I um, have become a fan of uh, Tony Robbins as well. And he has this um, framework, I guess, of, of relationships where relationships can be three-dimensional. If you're a one-dimensional relationship, you're basically there because it's something in it for you. And as soon as that's gone, you're gone. Um, so that's kind of the early dating phase. A two-dimensional relationship is a little bit more quid pro quo. You, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and we have more trust and we have more, um, you know, a respect. And, uh, you know, I'm trusting that you're going to be there. And uh, maybe you then start to live together uh, in, in that type of relationship. And that third dimension is where we're, we're all trying to get to. A three-dimensional relationship is, you know, you're married, you're engaged, you're a team now. And so that's really, and sometimes uh, couples have gotten to that phase, maybe emotionally, but not financially. And so I'm trying to take couples usually from that two-dimensional to three-dimensional when it comes to money. And joint accounts can be part of that, um, but mm. it's really logistics. It's, there are many, many happy, well, sorry, let me back up just a moment and say that there was a Reddit post uh, that I had that got to the front page of Reddit, which is a big deal. If you, if you don't aren't on Reddit, um, you know, that means there was like 400,000 views of this article and 17,000 upvotes and like 1700 comments. Um, and what I learned from reading hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments is that there are very many happy marriages and relationships where everything is in separate accounts or everything is in joint accounts or there's some combination thereof. But the common thread is uh, communication, is that they talk about it, they agree about it, they're on the same page, but then maybe the buttons that they click and the cards that they use are separate. So, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so it's it's something to be decided, but it's secondary. So that's uh, that's probably the one big tip everyone wants to ask me about, and I try to tell. In every, that's fair. Every Thank interview. you for <laughs> sharing that tip, because I think people do can kind of get lost in the logistics. And like you said, it's really the bigger picture. Yeah. Other stuff is just logistics, but what are you actually trying to do as a team? That's the big picture, right? That's great. Well, if yeah, listeners exactly. have been really enjoying your your work and want to know more about and find out more about um, your guide and your book, where can they go online? Yes, the uh, best place to go is to adultingwithmoney.com. 
And in order to uh, download the guide, uh, you can go to adultingwithmoney.com slash GS, which stands for Gender Stories. Um, I also just launched a YouTube channel this week. Uh, so go to YouTube and search for Adulting With Money and you'll see my face and my channel. Um, like I said, I just started. So there's literally only one video today, but I'm looking to put out one video a week for the next year and really dive into YouTube. So um, if you've liked what I've been talking about, but you still have questions, please send me questions because I need to make make videos. And I, I, I want to hear what questions you have so that I can make videos that you want to see. So um, those are the two best spots. Uh, That's to great. Get a hold well, of me. Thank you so much for giving me this time, but also for taking this risk. Like you said, you know, it was a little bit scary for you to talk about this because that's not your usual lens. And so I really appreciate <laughs> how sure. you showed up uh, with authenticity and curiosity and fun. And I am sure the listeners have got a lot out of this conversation. And dear listeners, as you have uh, heard, you can go to www.adultingwithmoney.com slash GS for gender stories to get the guide. And as ever, if you want to know more about gender, you can pick up my book, How to Understand Your Gender, A Practical Guide for Exploring Who You Are, or my newer book, Life is in Binary, both co-authored with Mac John Barker. And also let me know what you think about this episode or any episode by emailing me at genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com, genderstoriespodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And for now, thank you so much, Dan. This was wonderful. And uh, thank you for listening. Goodbye.